This is the Essential Podcast from S&P Global. My name is Nathan Hunt. To remind our listeners, we're doing something a little different this week on the podcast. This episode is a collaboration with Sarah Week Conversations. Today was the last day at the Sarah Week Conference in Houston. My goal for this podcast is to sum up the last five days at the world's premier energy conference. In many ways, this is a ridiculous goal. There have been hundreds of sessions, product demonstrations, panels, and discussions. There is no way to reduce the complexity and opportunities of the energy industry to a few small points. And Sarah Week really does manage to cover the totality of the energy industry. So rather than try and fail to tell you everything that's happened, I'm going to give you a sense for what I saw and heard at Sarah Week using five quotes from panelists over the course of the week. That's hard enough. I have 20 single-spaced pages of verbatim quotes from all of the sessions I attended. So many people said so many interesting, thought-provoking, and at times controversial things. But here are five that stood out to me. I'd better start with the IRA. During a panel discussion earlier in the week, someone compared the Inflation Reduction Act to the Russian invasion of Ukraine in terms of its seismic impact on energy markets. The impact of the IRA will be quite positive for the industry. In fact, a lot of the excitement of the week was attributable to the opportunities the IRA unleashes for clean tech and green energy. The quote on the IRA comes from John Podesta, a senior advisor to President Biden. At the conference, he described the goal of the legislation as, quote, a clean energy economy invented and built in America, employing American workers. I think this quote is significant because it puts me in mind of something the economist and venture capitalist Bill Janeway wrote in his classic book, Doing Capitalism in the Innovation Economy. Janeway sets out a three-player game for successful innovation that involves business leaders, investors, and policymakers. What I heard at Sarah Week were equal levels of enthusiasm from all three. The United States has staked a position at the forefront of the energy transition with the IRA. If successful, the U.S. may lead in green energy for decades to come. On a related topic, hydrogen came up at, in almost every session all week long. If hydrogen has perpetually been just five years away from commercial applications, judging by what I saw and heard this week, hydrogen's widespread adoption is finally imminent. The quote for hydrogen is hard to source. I heard the quote in a session this morning from S&P Global's Shankari Srinivasan, but she claimed to have heard it on a panel earlier in the week. The quote is this, the hydrogen molecule needs a partner. This is a great line for all kinds of reasons. First, chemically, hydrogen readily bonds with other elements like oxygen or nitrogen. Part of the reason we have different colors of hydrogen is these bonds mean that we can use lots of different feedstocks to extract hydrogen for energy. Green hydrogen comes from water, blue hydrogen comes from natural gas, and so on. But another reason that this line is so appealing 
is bringing hydrogen to market will require partnerships between entrepreneurs and investors and existing energy titans, policymakers, and pipeline operators. The IRA has de-risked hydrogen in many ways, but getting hydrogen to market is still going to take a village. Finally, this quote is so great because hydrogen supply, when it is achieved at scale, will require a partner in hydrogen demand. There was a lot of discussion this week about the need to establish that demand before we go too far down the road of building out hydrogen infrastructure. The next topic that came up again and again over the course of the week was the need for a balanced energy transition. What balance means in this context is an energy transition that reflects the pervasive reality of traditional energy resources like oil and natural gas. It also means an energy transition that respects the right of the developing world to escape from energy poverty. I think Eric Bells, head of private equity for Engine Number One, got to the heart of the problem in a comment he made earlier this week. He said, and I quote, the energy transition is being driven by ideology. We live in a world that does want to decarbonize, but we are going to need traditional resources for years to come. This requires a change in the narrative around natural resource systems. Balance in this sense means realistic, energy literate, and non-ideological. Almost every panelist at Sarawik professed a commitment to the energy transition away from fossil fuels, but many seemed concerned that the rhetoric didn't match the reality and that ultimately consumers and developing countries would pay the price. My next quote comes from the always engaging Jigger Shaw, the director of the DOE's loan program. This is a man who believes deeply in the energy transition, but he also appears to have little patience for simple but inaccurate narratives. He was talking about the widespread creation and adoption of clean energy technologies. He expressed frustration with the idea popular in the press that technology drives innovation. Jigger disagrees. According to Mr. Shaw, quote, deployment drives innovation. His point, as I understand it, is that you can't really understand the value of a technology until you deploy it at scale. A lot of green tech is very exciting, but will it scale? Is it reliable? Can it be made cost efficient? Will the demand meet the supply? As you start to deploy, these questions begin to get answered, and you start to see all the myriad ways to make the technology better. It's good that the man evaluating energy projects for the government has experience and a bias towards the practical. Deployment drives innovation committed to memory. The IRA is clearly one source of funding for the energy transition, but another is the mountain of dry powder from private equity funds. With rising interest rates, credit is becoming a less affordable way to fund large-scale energy projects. Private equity is here to fill the gaps, particularly since the IRA has helped to de-risk green tech investments. There are some caveats here. A lot of panelists worried that too many funds had been raised with strict guidance around the types of projects that will be funded, meaning that traditional energy sources were ineligible. 
This has raised the cost of capital for natural gas and oil, and some panelists believe this will lead to shortages and higher prices in the future that will impact consumers, particularly in developing countries. But nonetheless, private equity had a heavy presence at this year's Sarah Week, particularly notable in the Agora, with its abundance of green tech entrepreneurs. My final quote comes from Jonathan Silver of Apollo Global Management, a prominent private equity firm. He encapsulated the impassive attitude of many of his peers with this cool pronouncement, quote, Capital deployment requires a set of objectives and a set of returns, with a risk profile on those returns. The objective is clearly to move the sustainability agenda forward, but with a return profile that appeals to private equity. In other words, even in the energy transition, money talks. Well, that's it. Sarah Week in five quotes. I'd like to thank the organizers of Sarah Week for making me feel so welcome this week. It was an education. Sarah Week is the world's premier energy event. Learn more about Sarah Week at sarahweek.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.